Hello, hello. Welcome to the VHive, your go-to podcast for all things women's intimate health. I'm your host, Hannah, here to discuss the many questions you've always had about your body but never wanted to ask. Whether it relates to sex, chronic pain, trauma, relationships, healing, hormones, spirituality, and so much more, we are normalizing taboos, breaking down the complexities of the female body, and providing you with the information you need to take your health into your own hands. Hello everyone, happy Friday. Thank you for being here today, for listening, for supporting. As always, I am excited to share with you this week's episode. It is super interesting. The guest is Dr. Jill Blakeway. She is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine and is a licensed and board certified acupuncturist and clinical herbalist. Jill is the founder of the Unova Center, which is basically a center. They have two clinics in New York and one in Brooklyn, and they do acupuncture, Chinese medicine and herbs, massage therapy, a lot of really interesting things. So she founded the Unova Center in 1999 and currently acts as clinic director alongside her husband. I have been going to the Unova Center in New York for the past few months, and I did a uh, one-on-one consultation with Jill a few months ago, and she is just incredible. The center in New York's amazing, so I am really excited to have her here today. She is also really well known for her approach to Chinese medicine and her skills as an acupuncturist and energy healer, and you really kind of get this sense and this feel when just hearing her speak because she is she's so interesting and so awesome so she talks about the benefits of acupuncture and herbal medicine for chronic pain she talks about her own story with interstitial cystitis and how she actually used these therapies to really fully heal herself Um, we talk about certain aspects of like the pharmaceutical industry and you know how sometimes herbs can actually be really helpful instead of a pharmaceutical we talk about your body's natural intelligence to heal shifting your mindset you know she gives Um, tips and and just little insights and tricks as to how you can shift your mindset in really subtle ways but that can really really help make a difference when you are going through something tough and yeah I mean those are the main things we talk about but we really just dive into so many interesting topics so I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did and I also want to quickly share with you guys um, on Instagram this week, I made a reel with talking about the West Coast Mint D Manos tablets, and people were really interested in that. So, I wanted to tell everyone here as well that I've been taking the West Coast Mint D Manos tablets. So, for those of you that aren't familiar with D Manos, D Manos is amazing for urinary health and urinary tract support. So, I've been taking two of the West Coast Mint tablets every day, and then if I'm having sex, I'll take an extra two tablets before and two after sex. And I have not gotten a UTI since I've been taking these. So I highly, highly, highly recommend them. I um, actually recorded an episode with the founder of um, West Coast Mint. That episode will be releasing, I'll be releasing it in a few weeks, but it's like the best D-Manos on the market. It really is. And I've tried it. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that with you. I think that it's something a lot of you are probably super interested in. And I do have a discount code for all of you. So if you want to check out the West Coast Mint 
dmanos, you can go to their website, which is westcoastmint.com, and you can use the discount code HIVE15, H-I-V-E-15, for 15% off your order, and that's 15% off any of the dmanos products. So that's West Coast Mint. W-E-S-T-C-O-A-S-T-M-I-N-T dot com and use the code HIVE15 for 15% off your order. Lastly, something that you can do that is really helpful for all podcasts, if you are loving this podcast and it's helping you and you're finding it interesting, obviously please share it with anyone who you think may also benefit from it. But another thing that you can do is go to the iTunes store and leave a rating and review. The more ratings and reviews a podcast has, the higher the podcast will come up on the visibility of the search. So if you don't mind, take a quick minute and go to the iTunes store, leave a rating and review. I would so greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get into the episode with Jill. Hi, Jill. Thank you for being here today. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I am so excited to speak with you. I was lucky enough to be introduced to you a few weeks ago and actually have a one-on-one consultation appointment with you that was, oh my God, just so interesting. And now I've been going to your center, the Unova Center in New York, every week for the past few weeks, and I'm obsessed. Um, (laughs) But you are, I mean, just when I spoke with you, you were just like, honestly, one of the most interesting and easy, like just so easy to talk to. You understood everything I was saying. You made me feel so comfortable. Like it was amazing. So I am so, yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. And I feel like everyone listening is really going to love hearing from you as well. Oh, that's so kind of you. And I'm so glad that you've been going to Yenova. It's such a happy place. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it is. They take very good care of people, the Yenova team. And I've done this a long time. And I think that's that's why it's easy to talk to me. If you you know what I mean, I've just, for over 20 years, I've been looking after people and their health care. And so... I've heard of most things. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I enjoy, I still love my job. I still find people really interesting and I love helping them. Well, you do a very good job of it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us just like more about your story and how you initially got started in this field of work. Cause I'm always interested in just hearing, you know, people's backgrounds and like what drew them to doing what they do. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine and I didn't set out to be a practitioner of Chinese medicine. I actually, I, I wrote about this in my last book, Energy Medicine, which is a bit of a memoir. But I, I worked um, for the British royal family, believe it or not. Oh, no way. And uh, Yes. And so I could not have been further. What did you do for them? I, I was um, part of, sort of one of the charitable trusts uh-huh. and fundraising. So... Totally different life. And um, I went through a divorce and I had a tiny baby. And I took a job in Key West, Florida, which is the sort of reckless thing you do when you're very young. (laughs) (laughs) It turned out to be a really good thing. And while I was there, 
I um, started to suffer from interstitial cystitis, you know, which, as, as you know, Hannah, it's, yeah. it, it's like having urinary tract infection that never stops or never goes away. And it's not really bacterial. It's not really an infection, although it can be sometimes. It's about inflammation. Well, and when so I was telling I, you at first, I don't mean to interrupt, but I had no idea that that was part of your story. And then I was telling you my story, and I'm like, naming all I'm like maybe you've heard of this and IC and Volvidinia or whatever and you're like yeah actually um I, I healed myself from IC and I was like oh my god we were destined to be speaking <laughs> yes so so I like lots of women had IC that went on and on and I was on antibiotics back to back in what for me was at the time a foreign country miles from home and I someone in a health food store told me to see the local acupuncturist and I went to see him, and I swear to God, he cleared it up in two weeks. Oh and I was blown away that I'd taken antibiotics on and off for a year and been this uncomfortable and miserable. And um, Chinese medicine had a solution and that nobody had told me. And so over time, I began to watch what he did. I became more and more excited about Chinese medicine. And I ended up packing my small daughter, who was by then two, into a truck and driving across America to go to um, Chinese medical school in California. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, Hannah, that I had no idea how big America is <sighs> because when you come from a little country, it's really hard, like I do from Britain. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to imagine how enormous it is. I remember I driving across Texas and thinking, well, Texas has gone on for days. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, I got to California and I started by doing a master's in traditional Chinese medicine. And then later in my career, I did a doctorate in the subject um, but that is how I came to Chinese medicine I used it and it worked and I became fascinated by the fact that it did that is so I mean I didn't know when you mentioned to me that you know you had experience with IC I didn't know that that was really like the catalyst into your whole career it was it was the catalyst into my whole career and interestingly a lot of women with IC over the years have found me Mm -hmm. Because, of course, I'm, I'm very understanding about yeah. how miserable it is. But I have some real insight into how to um, reduce that inflammation and stop that overreaction. And so um, in that weird way that happens, because life is extraordinary, people show up with um, IC quite a lot yeah. and have done over the last 20 years. And it's always really gratifying to be able to share with them what I learned all those years ago. Mm -hmm. that sent me to Chinese medicine. Besides for acupuncture, and I want to get into acupuncture and how it can help with everything, but, you know, we can talk specifically about, like, chronic pain and pelvic pain and bladder pain. But besides for... And I want you to talk all about the Unova Center in New York because it's amazing. But um, before we go there, I'm just curious to hear, like, are there any, you know, what do you recommend to people to help with, like, inflammation of the bladder um, or even, like, the pelvic area in general are there you know certain tools or suggestions that you have i'm curious to hear well, yeah i think the place i start is that your body has consciousness it has intelligence that we kind of take for granted you have a few extra glasses of wine at dinner and as long as you don't do it every night your liver kind of kicks in and handles you get a bug bite you have a histamine reaction it is a form of consciousness and awareness it's, mm -hmm. it's intelligence not intellectual intelligence but intelligence and it happens completely outside of your mind you never have to think oh i must 
calibrate my thyroid or I better remember to ovulate next week or something like that. Your body is behaving rhythmically and intelligently. And in Chinese philosophy, we'd say it's um, moving between yin, receptivity, and yang activity the whole time, keeping you in balance. So when something is out of balance, like inflammation where there shouldn't be inflammation, that really is um, the body's intelligence not quite, it's glitching. (laughs) In this case, overreacting. And as you know, a lot of people with IC have had a urinary tract infection and developed a sort of autoimmune reaction to it. And they just end up with all this inflammation in the urethra, which every now and again becomes swampy again and becomes another infection. Mm -hmm. But really at the bottom of it is a sort of overreaction. So one of the, you know, this is the area that Chinese medicine lives in. We would call that body's intelligence qi. Um, and um, But all ancient cultures had a, a concept for this in India. It was called prana. In the Judeo-Christian tradition, it's called the breath of life. The Greeks called it pneuma. But acupuncture is one of the best ways of just prompting the body's intelligence to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. And that's really one of the things acupuncture does. So for a lot of these overreactions, inflammatory disorders, poor communication, which is often what happens in hormonal imbalances, that the the feedback system between hormones is just a little, again, a little glitchy. Um, Acupuncture and Chinese herbs are, I think, one of the best ways of prompting the body to just kind of Mm self-heal, which is always the best way of healing, if you can. I mean, sometimes things are too extreme and you need pharmaceuticals or surgery or something like that. But if you can catch something before it gets to that extent and you can just prompt the body to come back into balance and heal itself, that is always, of course, the the gold standard of healing, I Mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. So interesting. So tell us what the... Well, I'm curious, like, so, I mean, okay, I guess first tell us what the Unova Center is for people listening who aren't familiar, you know, don't live in New York, have never heard of it, etc. Well, Unova is the practice I started when Mm -hmm. I was first in practice, and it used to many years ago, I mean, literally over 20 years ago, it was just me. And (laughs) I would answer the phone and book people's appointments and do the treatments and clean the office at the end of the day and water my plant and come back and do it again. And of course, it has grown enormously. And there are now three Unova centers in New York, one in Brooklyn and two in Manhattan, and a lot of really talented practitioners. And for us, it's a lot of fun. You know, there's, uh, I always say I invented, you know, because I didn't want to be lonely. Mm. <laughs> we get to collaborate. We're all skilled in different ways. Um, we get to collaborate on patient care. And we offer acupuncture, Chinese herbs, dietary advice, lifestyle advice, coaching, and body work, both structural integration kind of body work as well as specialized massages like reproductive massage or pre- and postnatal massage and just you know, ordinary massage as mm-hmm. well. And, and so it, and when I sort of dreamed up Yenova, and it is, in fact, so much better than I could have ever dreamed of as mm-hmm. people joined me and brought their skills to it, I wanted it to be this really safe place that people could come and just sort of unpack their stuff. And I think people heal themselves when they feel really safe and not yeah. judged and supported. And so I, you've been to your neighbor recently, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that was your experience, that 
that it's a very caring, safe place where you can come. We're never going to be, we're not luxury. We're not yeah. self-righteous. We're all working on our own health as well. And we all have our own, you know, foibles and we know it. Uh, and so we're just trying to support our community, which has grown hugely. And we do that both by doing acupuncture and we also have an online practice so people can um, get coaching online from us and uh, you experience some of that with me, which is also really valuable. And we have support groups and events and webinars and really we're just trying to create a community that um, can use our resources to heal themselves. Well, no, it's amazing. And something that I think is so interesting about Yanova is that you guys all of your acupuncturists are all herbalists as well and like I've been to so many different different healing types of places and tried modal different modalities of healing but and I've been to so many acupuncturists prior to you know going to the Yanova center but I had never been to a place where they do their herbalists and acupuncturists in one and I think that that's yeah. so interesting and honestly like such an important part of of Chinese medicine and Eastern medicine and like if you're going to go down that route and take that approach it seems to me that you almost need to do the two things hand in hand. Well the whole system of Chinese medicine works really well when we use it together and you're right we do employ people who are very skilled at herbs because a lot of our work is gynecology we we do a lot of fertility work and um, uh, we we help people with menstrual problems, menstrual cramps, PMS. And for that, herbs are really important. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the herbs change your body chemistry in a way that is really important. So, um, uh, and as you know, at Unova, we have our own uh, pharmacy in every Unova. And we have these beautiful Chinese herbs that are very pure and clean. They're tested for contaminants. They're tested for their active ingredient. And we make up a separate herbal formula for every patient. Mm-hmm. So we mix it while you're there. <laughs> and so it's, it's sort of you in a bottle at that moment. And then we change that formula as your internal landscape changes. And that's why we're so effective. It's not just one herbal formula that you're on the same formula for six months kind of thing. It's a, a sort of ever-changing, very dynamic process of prescribing herbs to meet you where you're at and move you forward towards your health goals. And that obviously changes over time. Mm-hmm. So um, it is actually the fun of our job. You can imagine how much fun it is to mix up a herbal formula <laughs> for someone <laughs> and then see it work. Um, so it is a very important part of what we do. And of course, we can do that remotely. So mm-hmm. uh, the acupuncture you have to come and see us for but we can do herbal medicine for people no matter where they are that's so interesting because my next question was about to be you know if someone doesn't have access to your clinic or you know they see an acupuncturist but they want to see an herbalist like what would your recommendation be for them but I guess since you do it all remote like it's very accessible for people anywhere yeah, I mean, you can book a, a remote, um, a virtual consultation with all of us, including me. 
Um, but um, everybody, at Unova has some virtual shifts at this point. Um, so you can come and see us. And we all have, you can read about us online. But there are also lots of other acupuncturists in the country who are really well trained and, and are herbalists as well as acupuncturists. Mm-hmm. There are some people who just do acupuncture. And sometimes that's really indicated, you know. But, I mean, herbology is really important to us because of our sort of gynecology and obstetric specialties. But not everybody needs herbs um but you 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 may well be able to find an acupuncturist who's also a board certified herbalist um near you too yeah and i would advise you to do that you know or come and see us online Mm -hmm. and how long are people typically on like an herbal formula for is it forever is it for a month like i know that's a hard question and probably the most annoying question and i'm sure everyone asks you (laughs) it's a good question hannah actually and of course it depends but um it's an it's a good question i'll tell you why um our aim isn't to just have people on herbs permanently right uh unlike pharmaceuticals uh, our aim is to change your internal landscape so your body is doing the work um so unlike say taking a painkiller we would try to get to the root of the pain and if if i if i take a symptom like insomnia we see a lot of people with insomnia especially at the moment because it's all been so stressful mm-hmm. There are lots of different reasons why people have insomnia. Sometimes it's hormonal, sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's uh, pain, sometimes it's digestive. And so we would probably give a little herbal sleep aid to help people sleep quickly because we know what it's like to be that tired. Uh But we would also give herbs to try and um, correct the root. And our aim would be to have you off the sleep aid pretty quickly. And, um, you know, just being... You're, you're better in our eyes once you don't need us. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of our aim. And mm-hmm. a lot of my patients who I've seen for years don't really need me anymore, which is very gratifying. But they, you know, I see them maybe four times a year to just head off any kind of imbalance before it gets out of control. Yeah. And that would be our aim with everybody. So we're not trying to keep people on herbs forever or sell people herbs forever. And as for how long, it rather depends what you come to us for. You know, insomnia, I think maybe a month. Um, Some of the more complex fertility issues, it may take us six months. Mm -hmm. Um, But we should be able to give you, a good practitioner can give you a reasonable idea of how long treatment should take and what your expectations should be. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Do you, I mean, it's crazy. I agree that I feel like so many people are having sleep issues, insomnia, like even myself, I always have, I mean, it's gotten much better maybe with the herbs, um, but trouble falling asleep, staying asleep. Um, and I definitely think it's due to like all of the anxiety and stress in the world. I, I just, it must be affecting everyone in some way or another. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like what you see in terms of pharmaceuticals, like prescriptions, you know, I know that like Honestly, I see it even with some of the doctors I've seen, like doctors are so quick to prescribe like clonopin and different benzodiazepams and like they can become really addictive. And I feel like, you know, it's so interesting how I feel like in the wellness industry, like herbalism and acupuncture are really growing and like people are really becoming more interested in in natural ways of healing. But at the same time, I feel like the pharmaceutical industry and it's not that it's bad necessarily like I know certain medications are life-saving in certain instances but it's like both are growing at the same time 
And I'm curious, like, how you see that, you know, and what, what your thoughts are on that are. Well, I guess that reflects a lot of need. Yeah. You know, that both are growing. Um, and Does that make I, sense? I, I feel like, did I yeah. word that well properly? Yeah. Okay. There's just a lot of need out there. You know, people, this has been a really rough year. Yeah. And, um, uh, and before that, it was rough. Uh, and I think <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of fear in the collective. And, you know, people are unsure about where their lives are going. Um, there's a lot of unrest. It's not an easy time to live through, um, and that's before we, you know, um, get to worry about catching COVID or getting our vaccination and things like that. So I think um, the way I see it is that it's a bit of a continuum. There, are, there is a need for pharmaceuticals if your body's own mechanisms for self-writing have become overwhelmed. Mm. Um, and so, you know, sometimes people need pharmaceutical intervention. And I'm thinking, as I talk to you, Hannah, of people who are menopausal, women who are menopausal. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of, back in the day, they handed out estrogen hormone replacement therapy like it was candy. And as you probably know, that was stopped because studies began to show that they were increasing breast cancer risk. Yeah. Not everybody, you know, should have had estrogen, excess estrogen, mm -hmm. and if you have too much estrogen, it fuels um, uh, breast cancer. And so all of that was stopped. But there are still people, all of medicine is weighing up of risk and benefit, and there are still people who have such severe menopausal issues that they do need some um, hormone replacement therapy mm -hmm. and done well by specialists who are measuring um, the levels of of hormone it isn't necessarily as dangerous as it was when everybody was just being given it <laughs> like it was yeah. a panacea so my advice to people who are menopausal is always try herbs first because often we can get things sorted out hot flashes night sweats vaginal dryness often we're able to get that sorted out if not the next step is some sort of bio hormones which are easy your body to recognize and a little smoother and then pharmaceutical hormones at, at the end of that so it's a bit of a, a continuum but you, you know it's always worth trying the simplest least um uh side effect mm -hmm. thing first mm -hmm. uh, and then because your body that intelligence we talked about is really a very finely calibrated feedback system so if you take something very strong you often cause side effects because other aspects of that feedback system yeah. come and go out of line. Yeah. Whereas herbs, which are very gentle, I always say our subtlety is our strength, in fact, right. um, can often just subtly, may take a little longer, may not be instant, but they can subtly bring you back into balance in a way that is, um, you know, as the least invasive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes sense. I, and yeah, no, that, it makes a lot of sense and like, I think that it's a good kind of reminder to people because I feel like when you're desperate, you know, desperation is kind of what leads a lot of people to doing, you know, to like taking more medication or making more impulsive decisions that might not necessarily like l align with really your like true belief system um, just because it's easy yeah. to like take a pill or it's easy like I don't believe that there are quick fixes, but I'll put them in air quotes. The quick fixes are easy, but yes. it doesn't necessarily, you know, in the long term, it's not going to be easy when you're just like, and again, I'm not against like 
you know, pharmaceuticals, but it's like going through a process, as you said, that's slower and more gentle and a little bit might take a little bit longer to, you know, achieve the result will actually be more beneficial in the long run. Yeah. And, you know, my first book was called Making Babies, and I wrote yeah. it with a reproductive endocrinologist. I've always believed we should all work together. Yeah. You know, that when we get our egos out of the way and we stop being right. dogmatic, right. and we all I agree. doctors and practitioners like me of Chinese medicine, when we all work together, we actually, totally. the patients benefit hugely. And, mm-hmm. and when we wrote Making Babies, we literally sat down and decided what was best treated with Western medicine and what could be handled more gently. So, for instance, fibroids. If you're trying to get pregnant and the fibroids are in the way, then um, having them surgically removed is really the best treatment, mm-hmm. um, and that's what we wrote. But if you're not trying to get pregnant and your issue is that your fibroids are growing and bleeding, then often herbal medicine can do the trick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not going to make them magically disappear. Right. That would require surgery. And I think just thinking about your body, just even thinking what would support my body to heal rather than just what would get rid of this thing that is driving me crazy Mm -hmm. um, is often a a little shift of mindset that can help you make um, really good decisions when it comes to your healthcare. Mm -hmm. Speaking of your books, that was the perfect segue because you've written three books. I started reading your newest one, Energy Medicine. Um, but will you kind of walk us through the three books that you've written and like what they all focus on? Yes. Well, the first one um, came out in 2009, which is a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's called Baking Babies, a proven three-month program for maximum fertility. And interestingly, it sells as well today as it did back then because Chinese medicine never goes out of date. Yeah, fertility medicine so changes a lot. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> what it is is a reproductive endocrinologist, Dr. Sammy David, who was the first person to do an IVF in New York State and me and we put our heads together and we came up with a tailored three-month program for five different fertility types we we wanted to give people different advice we wanted to tell them that one size doesn't fit all when it comes to getting pregnant and so we split people into five groups and we created a three-month program for each group and that is still a bestseller in um it's genre, that book, even though it's been out there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote a book called Sex Again, um, which was um, my fertility patients would tell me um, after trying to get have a baby and having to have sex on a schedule, oh, my God, I don't think I'm ever going to have sex again. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was like, no, no, I think you will. <laughs> and so I based that on some ancient Taoist texts that were all about the energetics of sex and and the way sex bonds us energetically to the person we're having sex with or ourselves if we're having sex with ourselves. And it was all based on some Taoist exercises about moving chi to improve your sexual response and to rekindle your libido. Mm-hmm. So that was sex so again. And that came out I have in to read that one next. It's a fun book. And then I had a bit of a gap and I came back and I wrote Energy Medicine, The Science and Mystery of Healing. It came out a couple of years ago and it was my most personal book. Um, It's partially memoir. It's partially my story as an acupuncturist and an energy worker. But I was asked by HarperCollins, who published it, to go to to really write a book to skeptical people, Mm -hmm. to look at the scientific basis for energy medicine. 
And I can't even begin to tell you how much fun that was, Hannah. Yeah. I got to spend time in Japan with an extraordinary monk called Hiroyuki Abe, who um, is a, a very gifted healer and a very humble, sweet man. Um, and also a, another yogi um, uh, on an island off Japan uh, in a place called Fukuoka. Um, his name is Master Kawakami, and he is um, an, a, an extraordinary person who has complete control over his body. He can stick skewers through his tongue, and his brain doesn't register pain. What? He's a sort of, I know. That's <laughs> he's, crazy. He's a little alarming <laughs> as a concept, but actually, as a human, he's adorable. Uh -huh. He's a sweet, sweet man. He's in his 80s, and he's, he's very lovely, very disciplined. Um, uh, but I also got to talk to scientists who were doing experiments um, uh, about what we've been talking about, about ways that the body can be prompted to self-heal. So to give you an example, there is a man in New York at City University here in New York. His name is Dr. William Bengston. And he learned a healing technique from a rather erratic psychic healer and decided to take it into the lab and test it because he'd seen it work in people. And they got mice that were specially bred to have cancer, um, which is sad, but that mm -hmm. is how pharmaceuticals are tested. They have these special mice that are genetically bred to be susceptible to cancer. And they gave these mice breast cancer. And those mice always die on day 27. That's, you know, wow. sort of, or by day 27. And that's how big pharmaceutical companies test their pharmaceuticals. So Bill did the technique and the mice got worse for a while, which was very alarming, and then completely recovered. And what's more, when they tried to re-inject them with cancer, they couldn't get it. They'd become permanently immune. And Bill did what any good scientist would do. He knew it, you know, this needed to be replicable. Mm -hmm. And so he went out and got, gathered together a bunch of skeptical colleagues and students and gave each of them six mice to heal. They repeated the experiment. They've done this thousands of times now with thousands of mice, hundreds of times with thousands of mice. And every time they get the same result. And mm -hmm. those studies are now being repeated at the University of Tokyo. Wow. And I wanted to tell people those stories because I wanted them to know that this science is going on at reputable um, uh, academic institutions. And um, I'm actually going to write my fourth book on this subject, too, because I've fallen down a rabbit hole of mm -hmm. scientists <laughs> who are exploring, you know, how to map the human uh, biofield, for instance, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that, that was my book, Energy Medicine. It was about the science of um, behind energy medicine but it's a memoir it's partially a travelogue and it's not completely it's not scarily scientific you've read a bit of it so you know it's it's um it retains a lot of the mystery and the beauty yeah. of how people heal themselves it's so interesting and i think that like it's just it's cool that you also made it a memoir so that people can learn more about you and like not just about the modalities and stuff, but like also about your life, I find that to be really interesting. Well, I wanted to tell stories. From yeah, my I love that. At this point in my career, you know, because I've done it for such a long time, and so, and I wanted people to know that 
um, I grew. You know, I wanted younger yeah. practitioners to know that, you know, you start out kind of green mm-hmm. <laughs> and you learn on the job. It's true for doctors. It's true for, you know, we do a five-year doctorate in Chinese medicine. But you wow. still, when you're out in practice, meet things that make you scratch your head, disorders, and um, have to, you know, deepen your knowledge and deepen your practice. And that's true of all sorts of healthcare providers. And I, so I wanted to sort of tell my story, including some of my struggles, um, in the hope that it would inspire newer practitioners who are sort of hitting a wall mm-hmm. to know that, you know, you just keep going and deepening and working at it and um, you become more and more useful to people. Yeah. Speaking of other practitioners, are there, like for people listening who are looking for an acupuncturist, um, you know, who want, who want to start working with an acupuncturist for, you know, on their health journey, are there certain, like, I'm curious if there are certain, like how, how to go about, I guess, finding a good acupuncturist, the right acupuncturist for you. Like, are there certain questions that you should ask certain things you should look for certain things you should shy away from? Like, you know, now, we have a very good blog article on the Innova blog about this. Uh-huh. So I just want to give a plug for the Innova yeah, blog. Yeah, yeah, yes, We please. have been blogging since 2005, yes. <laughs> which is such a long time. And so we have this huge blog ar- archive, and we do have a sort of uh, article about this. But here's um, what I think. I think you should know that um, acupuncturists are licensed and board certified in almost all states. Not all, but uh, almost all. So um, if you're in the vast majority of states where there's licensure, then you are reassured, I think, by knowing that the acupuncturist you're going to see has reached a certain level of education and uh, is held accountable to certain ethical and and health standards, um, including, you know, sterile needle technique and things like that. So um, I think that can be really reassuring to know Mm -hmm. that we're, we're not out there just policing ourselves. We are board certified by our states Mm -hmm. and we're held accountable to standards. And I think that should give the public some reassurance. And then you need to sort of think about price (laughs) is um, important, I think. And there are different types of practice. There are what's called community acupuncture practices where people are treated together in the same room. And, you know, if you... uh, we're not like that at Unova because our patients have are talking to us about their sex lives and things that are private to them and self, they're self-conscious about, so it's a little different. But if you're seeking acupuncture treatment for, you know, um, headaches or arm pain or back pain, mm-hmm. you might be perfectly happy to be in a room with other people having acupuncture. It may even be kind of fun, and uh, that is cheaper. There are also um, so acupuncture schools that have school clinics. And those are students, but they're supervised by a licensed practitioner, and that can be a way of making it cheaper. And then there are, you know, uh, boutique private practices like ourselves, um, where you're, you spend more time with the practitioner, you're on your own in a room with them, you have privacy, and um, that makes it a little more expensive. Although, you know, in Ava, and I'm sure this is true in other places, we have things like memberships that keep the prices down and also mm-hmm. have other fun things um, involved with them. We do try and keep our prices accessible for people. Um, I, it's an important value to me, actually, because I think a healthy practice 
has all sorts of people coming to it. Yeah. Um, and so if you if you cut out a group a population by price, you you miss out as a practice, I think, on yeah. um, you know amazing human beings, mm-hmm. and they miss out on you. So um, that, uh, and then I think you should ask um, the practitioner. You should find someone you get on with. Yeah. You know, um, I think healthcare healing is a collaboration. And you can only really collaborate with someone that you feel kind of comfortable with. And I go, I make sure that my patients feel really safe so that they can tell me when they, you know, mess up and <laughs> it isn't a big deal at all yeah. and I can sympathize. You know, because healing isn't a straight line. It's a bit of a two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. So someone you feel comfortable with and someone who has experience with your condition. Yeah. is helpful. We talked about IC. Um, interstitial cystitis is very specialized in some ways. Um, and so someone, you know, it's, it's worth asking what their experience is with your condition. And you can soon tell if someone has, you know, mm-hmm. treated it a lot or not. Fertility particularly is extremely specialized. Um, and so we're all um, very good fertility practitioners at UNOVA. Uh, because it's a you know because I wrote making babies <laughs> way back when it's a big part of our specialty, but that is something that you should see someone who who specializes. Yeah, yeah. No, I think those are really helpful pieces of advice information because I mean I didn't even know that you could go to a clinic where you're, you're being treated with multiple people in a room. But as you said, if you if you're just going in for not just but if you you know all yeah. you need is just someone to help with migraines and you don't really need to have a private conversation then that's fine and um yes the why not clinics are an amazing resource and yeah. it actually there is some thought that that the sort of group healing element of it can be mm-hmm. helpful mm-hmm. you know totally. that, that you you sort of you bond with the energy of the other people who are there so uh, there are lots of different ways of accessing chinese medicine treatment and um you can you can choose one that fits your needs. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I'm curious in what direction you see the future of the whole like wellness, health and wellness industry, but also just like medicine and healthcare in general. And I know that's a huge question, but like, yeah. you know, what are the first kind of thoughts that come to mind for you in terms of like the direction of health and wellness? Well, one of the things that has happened since I wrote Energy Medicine is that there is a much bigger understanding of its importance and Mm -hmm. that it isn't as woo as it sounds. It really is all the prompts that prompt a body to self-heal. And that includes placebo, you know, um, suggestion. Uh, People think that placebo just means you give someone a placebo and they feel better, but they're not actually better. That isn't true. Um, uh, there are studies, I'll give you an example. At the University of Turin, they gave Parkinson's patients um, saline and told them it was dopamine, which is what they need, and they produced their own dopamine in response to the suggestion. So I think that we're going to look at how we can prompt people with different little interventions into self-healing. And I have noticed that as I look at my fourth book, that uh, there are some really credible academic institutions who are now 
studying things that wouldn't have been studied even five years ago. Um, obviously, those my studies I told you about in the cancer are very peculiar mm-hmm. and anomalous studies. But there are other studies going on at major cancer centers looking at distance healing and its effect on cells in a petri dish. Um, And they're finding that it is making measurable, dozens of measurable genetic changes in in cancerous cells um, uh, in in the lab. Uh, So I think we're going to see some kind of merging of, of this field as it becomes um, less out there mm-hmm. and more part of um, you know medicine uh, and um, I, I mentioned that there are people mapping the human biofield mm-hmm. there are and very soon we'll be able to try interventions on that human biofield we'll be able to map what um, a herb does to the mm. biofield or what an a- intervention like acupuncture does cool. to the biofield and that'll be a big step forward Huge. so this isn't only my own little area, <laughs> but that's what I, I expect to see over the next decade mm-hmm. is much more acceptance of this as less magical and more uh, 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 a measurable way of affecting the body. I think this is fascinating. Um, and it's so interesting. To, I mean, I just value your opinion really, really highly. So it's interesting to hear what, you know, what you think. Um the last question I want to ask you, I always love asking people, I interview this, what are some of your important daily habits? I like to develop a bit of spaciousness. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a very busy life. I, you know, I'm, um, I, I see patients, yeah. and like yourself, I run Unova, I write books, I'm planning a TV series about my last book, I'm someone's wife and someone's mom and um, I think people will um, recognize that feeling of oh I wear a lot of hats Mm -hmm. and what makes um, all the difference to my state of being is starting the day with a little bit of spaciousness Um, not you know waking up and allowing my to-do list to just crowd into my head so I think first Thing in the morning, even if it's only 10 minutes, meditation mm. is really important to me um, and my sense of balance through the day. Um, and then I um, I like to end my day with gratitude. Um, it keeps me healthy and it helps me to... Do you know that feeling where if you're not careful, you just, you just think about the things that went wrong? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I always do that. And they grow in magnitude in your head. Yes. And you don't really have a balanced look at your life. Mm. Well, I think if you start with spaciousness and you end with gratitude, you're much more likely to um, have a sort of balanced view of your day rather than just a sort of catastrophizing one. I love and that. So those are my sort of important practices. And then the middle of the day gets a little mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, by the end of the day, I'm starting to write down, you know, five things that happened that day that I'm really grateful for. Mm-hmm. And it may just be a cuddle with my dog. Oh, <laughs> me too. What kind of dog do you have? <laughs> we have, we we adopted a puppy. We had a very old dog during lockdown who um, passed at the Aww. age of 18, which was a really good age, but it's really sad. And we yeah. adopted a puppy who's a bit of a mix of everything. He's part Labrador, part Catahoula, part Pitbull. Oh, my God. And he is a little love. He's very um, energetic. Oh. <laughs> which is good for us. Dogs We've are the best. We've lots of walks, but oh he's a... 
a he's a big dog, but he's actually just a little mushy love. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes he's what I'm grateful for. Yeah, dogs, me too. Dogs are present. I know. And what we learn from that is presence. You know, I think know. about all the times in the day where we get knocked off our path and we're just not present anymore. And it's so easy for dogs to stay present and we can learn a lot, or all animals actually, and we can learn a lot by watching them it's interesting navigate. You, completely. It's interesting you say that because so I have a golden retriever and um, I'm all like recently more so I've caught myself like I'm always thinking about it and I'm just like it's so interesting to me how you know just living with my dog and observing her and like all that they think about is like they don't think about they don't have the complications I mean obviously they're 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 dogs they're not humans but like they just they don't think about what they're eating when they're eating what what's in the food it's like just food great yum i'm gonna eat it done <laughs> bathroom great like snack great like know. you know play perfect like it's just they're in the moment they're eating they're sleeping they're playing and like things are just more simple for them and obviously our lives as humans can never be that simple but like there are things that we can kind of notice and be more mindful of and more present like you like I'm, sometimes I catch myself thinking about like all the little things I'm going to eat for breakfast or lunch and I'm like just simplify like it's something just like simplify things you know like be yes. more like my dog like yes yes well you know that is my stress relief trick really yeah. just to get present it, it turns out that almost everything is dealable with in this moment and mm-hmm. we tell ourselves very painful stories about the past and we predict painful stories about the future and yeah. if we're not careful we we contract with fear not uh, through anything real, but just this sort of painful story that we tell ourselves. So just breathing and getting present um, and being able to observe your mind as just a narrative tool. You know, mm-hmm. I think minds are great storytellers, yeah. but um, uh, the, the story isn't necessarily accurate. And most of the time it isn't. And uh, dogs don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. Exactly. So true. Um, okay, so actually I have one last question that's important that I must ask you before we go when you share all your resources with us and where everyone can contact you. But um, as you know, a lot of people who listen to this podcast have experienced some form of chronic pain, most mostly pe- different types of pelvic pain, and I know that you are obviously very familiar with this. Um, what is your advice for people who are kind of like in the midst of their healing and still not feeling well and and uncomfortable and like it's really hard for them to find some form of hope in their day-to-day life you know like just going to doctors and trying different things and it nothing is seeming to work and I feel like it's so easy when you're in that really dark place to get so down and lose like all hope um what what would be your piece of advice for someone who's going through that right now well first I would say I'm sorry because I know that chronic pain is exhausting. Yeah. And a particularly pelvic pain because it's really central. All pain is exhausting, but if it's on your foot, you can kind of isolate it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, it, pelvic pain is very central to your being and it gets in the way of a lot of things, including your sex life and just your sense of well being. Um, and I would encourage people to keep going. I know. You get tired. I know, I know yeah. that if you 
if you invest a lot of hope in something and it doesn't work, that can be really exhausting. And uh, eventually you're like, well, how can I keep picking myself up off the floor? But something will work. Yeah, you're supposed to, you're not supposed to live like this. And um, I think having a method of measuring the efficacy of treatment so you don't waste a ton of time doing something that's not working is really helpful. With my patients, I set short-term goals so both they and I can make sure that we're on the right track, yeah? Uh, and so they're not just going on blind faith mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. good. You know, so uh, we may be trying to eradicate pelvic pain, but I may set some short-term goals that I think are going to help, you know, if this is pelvic pain that is endometriosis, say, I may set some short-term goals around inflammation, but also around heaviness of period and things like that, Um, and um, uh, so that we can measure. And I think that's important so that you're not um, just defeated by giving six months to something that just did not work. Um, And practitioner will help you measure efficacy mm-hmm. um uh, and so that would be my advice but keep going because you're not supposed to live like this and your body is extraordinarily smart at healing itself given given help yeah 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 mm-hmm. no i think that's so true and that's really helpful for people to hear because it's like your body i honestly believe that your body until you are ready to be and I guess you could say no one's ever fully healed, but until you are ready to be quote unquote healed, like your body will keep trying to, your body's there to teach you things. So until you've kind of learned everything that you need to know and understand and discover about yourself and life and your body, like that's part of the process of healing. And so it's like, if you can kind of have some sort of faith that this will go away, you just have to be patient and like, let it take its course and like, let kind of your whole system like process what's going on like it will go away and I there was one more thing that I wanted to say and I hesitated yes because I don't want people to think that pain is their fault no yeah I agree I just yeah. know that I don't think pain is your fault at all yeah um uh, however there are often psychological elements to pelvic pain I have found it's why I think yeah. um creating and it's not that you're making it up in Chinese medicine, I talk a lot about say, that in the podcast. Yeah, right, yeah, we would say that that pain comes from stagnation, lack of flow, lack of communication. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so um, we store emotional pain in our bodies. It's not just all in our mind. Our mind has memories. Yeah, but we store emotional pain in our bodies, and I think a lot of women have had painful experiences that have affected their pelvis. And this can be as extreme and traumatic as childhood sexual abuse or just a bad boyfriend who made us feel bad about ourselves or girlfriend or something. And um, it can be relatively trivial. It could be really serious. But what it does is it creates a little glitch, a little tension that over time becomes denser tissue and over time becomes less and more and more inflamed. And uh, the more I work with people with pelvic pain, the more often I see this. And that's why I'm so insistent at Unova that we create really safe space so that people can unpack these things without judgment and without feeling made wrong 
for it. So I don't want anyone to think I'm saying you create your own pain, but the way we process negative emotions can often lead to a lack of flow in areas of our body, and the pelvis in women is notorious for this. So, um, because unfortunately, many of us have had sort of experiences that haven't supported our femininity and haven't supported our preciousness Mm -hmm. as human beings Mm -hmm. um, and have affected us. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. That was really helpful. Um, Okay, so thank you so much. I mean, this was so interesting. I'm so excited to share this episode and all all of your wisdom with everyone. Where can people contact you um, and what resources do you have to recommend, including your books and blog and anything else that you think may be helpful? Well, um, we can all be found at yanovacenter.com, Y-I-N-O-V-A, center, spelled the American way. I always say that because my father in England can't find my website because it's just the American way, yanovacenter.com, where Yanova everywhere on Instagram and um, uh, Facebook. Um, We're particularly lively on Instagram. Uh, and that is a good way to connect with us. We have lots of resources, um, many of them free. We have free webinars um, uh, every week, I think, something. Uh, we, have, we give lots of information out for free. Our blog is full of information. So use us as a resource uh, in any way that feels good. We have um, support and coaching groups. Um, we have one going at the moment that's a fertility support and coaching group. Uh, And if you would like a support and coaching group for your issue, (laughs) if you contact us and we have enough patients who would like to gather online and go through a program um, to deal with it, we'd be happy to create that. Um, And then we have our sort of individualized um, uh, treatments at various Unovas, all three Unovas, but also online. Um, So I would, um, those are our resources. (laughs) I... um, Uh, I'm going to suggest something that is a very old book at this point, but I still think it's one of the best books out there for this. Uh, Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Wechsler Mm -hmm. is a book about um, how how to map your menstrual cycle. And it's it's a, a phenomenal book. And so many people I've suggested it to have said to me, why didn't I know all this about my cycle? And um, uh, it, it should be taught in schools, but it's not. So mm-hmm. that I'm going to suggest. And I'm also a huge fan of adaptogens, mm-hmm. um, uh, which help your body modulate. You know, we talked about all this bodily intelligence. They help your body modulate uh, against stresses of all types, physical and emotional. Um, our most famous one in Chinese herbology is ginseng. Um, but I like, uh, um, I often use ashwagandha, which is an Indian uh, adaptogen, uh, and I often put it in, um, you know, um, I put it in my coffee, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very mellow wake-up with some coffee and some ashwagandha. Um, so I'm going to suggest that as a resource. Amazing. No, I love it. Thank you so much for being here and for just having this conversation with me and sharing all of your wisdom. And um Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you, Hannah. What fun. It was lovely to talk to you. You too. And hopefully we will meet again soon and maybe do another podcast. And um, you've created such an amazing space. So thank you for that and for helping so many women and being such 
a good, powerful voice um, in, in all things women's health. It's really important, and I think that so many people appreciate what you do. Well, thank you. It is actually a joy. I, I'm one of those people who's lucky to love their job. Yes, that is special. <laughs> thank you. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, take care, Hannah. Bye. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.